Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. In one week, exactly one week from today, the Men of New Mercy's Christian Church will be having our first men's conference in four years. We had our last men's conference in the fall of 2019, and then COVID hit, or came on the scene, and COVID hit um, like winter of 2022, early spring, right? And so in early spring of 2022, um, uh, the shutdowns were in full swing. And so uh, almost all non-essential physical gatherings were shut down, right? We are still experiencing some of the aftermath of that with work. Uh, many pe- fo- folks are still teleworking uh, several days a week. And certainly our schools were shut down. Um, restaurants were shut down in terms of us going out to eat in restaurants or gather in uh, sporting events or entertainment events. And yes, even our houses of worship were shut down. And for us as Christians, our churches, right, were shut down. And so we started doing this virtual or this Internet church. And the truth of the matter is, is that many of us, even to this day, uh, almost four and a half years later, have not returned to a physical house of worship or have not physically returned to church. And here's the truth of the matter is that we have grown extremely comfortable worshiping at Bedside Baptist or Bedside Methodist or Bedside Presbyterian or Bedside AME, you name it, whatever your denomination is, many of us have grown um, really comfortable um, just being watching it on the internet and not coming in to the house of worship. And let me pause right here for a moment to say, for those who were there really actual medical reasons or uh, uh, reasons, uh, um, legitimate reasons why, uh, we totally understand. But here's the thing. The fact is, is that for the vast majority of us, we're doing everything else that we want to do, right? But for some reason, now we've been on cruises, we've been on vacations, we've been to the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium or wherever you may live in your neck of the woods to whatever arena or sporting event, right? Around thousands of people. Uh, And most recently, I was just thinking about this, is that uh, Beyonce just did her tour in D.C. and in Atlanta, 80 to 100,000 people gathered together, no masks and everybody's a gathering in. But for some strange reason, we don't feel air quotes comfortable, right? Going to church to worship. And so, um, again, I have to say that there is nothing like physically being in God's house and worshiping together with other believers. And I experienced this feeling. I'll never forget it. I experienced this feeling firsthand when I returned to the sanctuary, when I physically returned to the sanctuary, when it first opened up after COVID. And I absolutely remember the feeling of being overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I felt the presence of God so strongly that I began to weep. I mean, literally just began to weep because I was so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. And 
and to just experience God's presence like that and to be in the physical presence of other believers, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And even as I was um, thinking about and writing this podcast, I was thinking about why do we go to, you know, these sporting events live? Yes, we can absolutely watch them on the television or we can stream them on our computers, but there's nothing like being in that atmosphere and being in that environment to physically experience it. And we see it all the time. So why would it be any different for our faith experience? Why would it be any different for us being in church to physically be in the house of worship? Just something to think about. But what I really wanted to share this week on this week's podcast is a story that kind of really brings this point home of the importance of gathering together physically in person. And recently, as as I mentioned, we're uh, doing the final stage of the planning for our men's conference. And recently I was having a meeting um, in preparation for the conference with some brothers um, just to make sure that we had everything together. And a brother had shared his testimony about how at the last men's conference he attended, um, what happened there changed his life. And here's the really mind blowing part. This is the part that really just I I really want to hone in on. It wasn't that there was some deep theological word that he heard from the conference speakers, although God absolutely spoke powerfully through these conference speakers. And it wasn't some mystical or magical, um, you know, prophetic utterance that he received from the uh, from the conference speakers, although God absolutely spoke prophetically through them. But here's the part. What he said that changed his life, that literally shifted his walk, his Christian walk was the fellowship, the fellowship with the other men. And what is fellowship? Fellowship is one of those great, right, church words. And you guys know how I feel about that. I love my church words, but I also want us to understand what they mean from a practical standpoint. So when we talk about fellowship, we talk about this communion, this brotherhood, this companionship, this camaraderie. So what changes brother's life was the camaraderie, the fellowship, the companionship, the communion that he had with these other men. And he was able to see men that he had seen from afar, that he had seen at a distance and had these preconceived notions or preconceived ideas about certain men. And then he was able to get close to these brothers and form some strong bonds with a few men. And these men, these relationships with these men encouraged him. They challenged him. And most of all, they inspired him to be the man that God is calling him to be. And so it has forever changed his life for the better. And when he gave that testimony, it just it blew my mind because that's what he remembered most. That's what he took away from this conference was the fact that he had an opportunity to meet up close and personal brothers and to hear their testimonies and to hear their life stories and to hear most of all that he is not alone. The truth of the matter, my brothers and my sisters, is that that something very special happens when God's people gather together for the expressed purpose of bringing worship and glory to God. Something amazing happens. Why? Because God honors the fact that we cut out time and we set aside time and we uh, set aside um, um, some of our cares of life, the things that are important, but we carve out time specifically to go after him, to seek him, to be in his presence, to hear his voice. And God honors that and he moved mightily. And so that's why it's so important for us to 
physically, not just virtually, gather together for worship. And here's a very familiar scripture is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 from the New King Version. And it gives a great explanation of why we should assemble ourselves physically. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 read, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What is Paul saying here in this Hebrews chapter? What Paul is saying is, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to acts of good work, and let us not neglect meeting together. And here's the thing, we can't even say that some of you, um, some of you uh, smart folks might say, well, we do meet when we meet virtually, but understand when Paul wrote this, there was no such thing as computers and virtual meeting. So when Paul was telling us to get together, he was telling us to physically meet together, to physically come together. And so Paul is saying, let us not neglect meeting together, coming together as some people do. Now, here's the other part that blew me away is that Paul is saying, even back in the first century church, people struggle with this idea of gathering together for the express purpose of worship, people had some neglected to do it. So if that wasn't the case, there would be no need for him to have said, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But here's the thing. He says, come together. What's the purpose of it? So that we can encourage one another. And especially now that the day of Christ's return is drawing near and we don't have to look far. We do not have to look far. We see the signs and the seasons. We see what's happening in our schools and in our neighborhoods. We hear about crime and drugs and we hear all of this craziness that's going on around us. And we see, um, we literally see that um, what the Bible had talked about in terms of men being lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, we see that all around us. So um, I digress for a moment. But you see, church, church, church is a community where we can socialize and support one another. It's a place where we can make friends and we can feel a sense of belonging and we can uh, build a support network of people who we can rely on. And the church is also a community that helps us mourn when we when there's a loss in our family. And it also comforts us and helps us to stand, right? To, helps us to, to stand when, when we're in need, when we don't have the strength to stand around on our own. But also church is this place where people will celebrate with us when there's joy and when there's accomplishments and when there are things to be celebrated in our lives. And church is a place where people will, you know, speak well of us and speak life to us and 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 then challenge us and, and inspire us to be all and to do all and to get all that God has for us. It is necessary. And here's the thing, church and community, right from the beginning, God created us to live in community from the very beginning. Well, what do you mean, Tony? In Genesis chapter two, verse eight, a very familiar text again, um, God and, and the Lord said, and God said, this is the New King James Version again, and God said, and the Lord said, I'm sorry, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone, right? So even from the very beginning when he made Adam, it was not his intent for mankind to be alone. We are, by God's design, social beings. We are built to be in community. We are made to be in community and relationship and fellowship with one another. And you see, I, I, I know there may be more, but I really want to hone in on the um, five key functions of the church, five key functions of the church. It is necessary. 
One of the, the one of the first functions of the church is for worship. The local the local church exists to glorify God through worshiping him. We gather together to worship God in the ways that he has revealed in his word, which is the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. This distinctly Christian worship is not based on our whims, is not based on my thoughts, is not based on the thoughts of unbelievers or believers, but the, the way that we worship God is carefully prescribed and laid out very much in the Bible. So it's carefully drawn out from and centered upon what he tells us in his word, which is the Bible, right? So worship, absolutely critical and one of the primary functions of the church. But number two is teaching. And I just mentioned this, our teaching must be centered upon the Bible. So not upon our whims, our thoughts, our opinions, our ideas, our emotions, my race, my ethnicity, my blackness, my sexuality, none of that, none of that. The teaching must be centered on the word of God. And so we are to be instructed and we are to be built up in our most holy faith so that we are instructed so that we know what the word of God says, right? And I'm sure many of you have heard this um, um, this acronym for the Bible, and I love it. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. And it literally is, it's our basic instructions. It's a handbook. It's a roadmap to how do we navigate life. Number three is fellowship. I've talked about that earlier, right? I began this podcast talking about the importance and the life-changing effect of biblical fellowship and how it can impact our lives in such a dramatic way. And there's no better place to to find biblical fellowship than in the church. Number four, evangelize. Yep, I said it, the E word, evangelize. We are commanded as we, we are commanded to evangelize. What do you mean, Matthew? Again, very familiar text. We call it the Great Commission. I won't read the whole thing. I'll just meet Matthew 28 and 19. We're commanded to evangelize. In Matthew 28 and 19, it reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Nobody is exempt. We leave nobody out from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We leave nobody out from telling them what Jesus did and what God did through Jesus Christ in terms of our salvation, right? And then finally, here it is. We've we've worshiped. We've been taught, we've gotten together in fellowship, we go out and we evangelize, and then finally, the church is the place that launches us to serve. We serve our families, we serve our neighborhoods, we serve our communities, and in doing so, guess what, my brothers and my sisters, we serve God. You see, the ultimate mission of the church is to prepare the way for the final establishment of God's kingdom on earth. Have you heard this phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's right. It's in what we call the Lord's prayer or the model prayer. But there's a reason for that. The reason for that is that the prayer should always be amongst the saints. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so it's just not a cute prayer. It is our charge. It is our responsibility as believers. We carry out this charge by helping people develop to be more Christ-like in their walk, to be more Christ-like in their attributes, to be more Christ-like in their lives. We, we carry out this charge, right? And so as their lives and as our lives are transformed by the word of God, by the power of God, by the spirit of God working through us, then the society in which we live is transformed for the better. Our children are better. Our teachers, our schools, our jobs, our homes, our communities are better 
because our lives have been transformed by the power of God working in and through us. And you see, the church is not just some place we go on Sunday mornings or we watch online on Sunday mornings just to get our shout on and make no mistake about it. I love a good shout. I do. I do. But I got to have more than a good shout on Monday when I go into that job, right? So it's not just a place where we go to check the box to say, I did the church thing today. It's more than that. The church is way more than that. No, the church is the organization and the organism God uses in the earth to unite all humanity into communion with himself and with others through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that the church is the organization and the organism that God uses in the earth to unite all humanity into communion with himself and with others through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. The church is not incidental to God's purpose. The church is vital. The church is critical. The church is essential to God's plan of redemption, to God's plan of salvation, and to God's plan for us being able to commune with himself and with all creation. So as believers in Jesus Christ, we are the church. And so let's take our responsibility to God and to our fellow human beings and to our fellow brothers and sisters seriously. My brothers and my sisters, I truly look forward to worshiping with you and I look forward to learning with you and I look forward to fellowshipping with you. I look forward to evangelizing with you and I look forward to serving with you as we grow in our churches. And so remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.